Hello and welcome to the Praying Wife podcast. I am your host, Kareen Cash, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about what God says about love. Now, the Bible actually has a lot to say about love. In fact, it's one of the central themes of the entire Bible. And if we took a step back, we would realize that the Bible is really just a big love story about a big God and his people. And as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that God himself is love. And in God's word, we see time and time again that we are called not only to love God in return, but to love others because of God's great love toward us. And the love that we have and that we show is proof that God lives within us. And so the first scripture we're going to turn to is 1 John 4, 7 to 12. It says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because Fear has to do with punishment. Just so you know, I jumped to 16. So now we're going to, in verse 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love, verse 19, because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister or a cousin or a spouse, I'm gonna throw that in there, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And God has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Now, there's a lot to unpack there in these verses. First of all, there is a call, a multiple call for us to love one another because love ultimately comes from our father, from God. Then there's an acknowledgement that when we love, it's proof that we have been born of God and that we truly know who God is, which tells me that if we claim to know and claim to love God, but we don't love people, we really don't love God and we don't even know who he is. And then it gives us an example of a great love, the epitome of love for God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave his son as a sacrifice for all of us because of how much he loves us so that we can have life through his son. Because of all of this, then here it is again, another call for us to love, 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 love. And even though we've never seen God, when we love, it invites God in. He's he's able to live and operate within us. And his love is made complete through us, through our love. And as a matter of fact, it says, 
when only we live in love, only when we are in a position where we live our lives in a loving manner. This is when we live in God and in turn, God can live in us. So love isn't just something that we do because it's a nice thing to do or because we're looking for something in return, right? But we love for the mere fact that it is the open invitation for God to live in us, for God to work in us. And not only that, it also says that if we claim to love God, but we don't show love to other people, we're liars. Now, that seems a bit harsh, right? Nobody likes to be called a liar, but that's what it says. It's the reality. You can see that sister or that cousin or that friend or that spouse. And if you can't love them, who you actually can see, it's pretty hard for you to make a case that you can love a God that you cannot see. So love is vital for us to maintain this Christian walk that we are on. And another thing that I think it's important that it mentions is that when there is a pure love, fear cannot remain. Because perfect love, it says, drives away fear. So you'll see as we go through the days for this week's challenge, and it's really going to force you to take an introspective look at your life, take an introspective look at your marriage. And one of the days um, for this week, we actually cover forgiveness. And it's going to bring you face to face with fear. I can tell you that. But it's important that you remember and that you cover yourself with perfect love, that you speak love, that you declare love over your home, over your husband, over your mind. And tomorrow, you guys will see when I send you the guide, tomorrow deals with what God says about marriage. And then the next day, it's love again, <laughs> but love and its place in marriage. And a few quick points, because I know that we're going to be doing that individually. And I want to make sure that you guys are spending that time and really dedicate that alone time to go through and spend with God. Um, but just a couple of things I want you to keep in mind. Love is not a feeling. Okay. And I'll repeat it again, because sometimes our idea of love is twisted and shaped by what we see in movies or what we read in books or what we fantasize about. But love is not a feeling. Why? Because feelings change constantly. Today alone, I've probably felt three or four different ways in the span of the last eight to 10 hours at work. If my love was based on that, I would be all over the place. I'd love you. I'd hate you. I'd love you again. I'd hate you. It's not a feeling. And the same applies for our love when it comes to our marriages. Our spouses are going to upset us. It's just a reality of it. They're going to have times where they make us very happy. Yes. But they're also going to have times when they disappoint us. They're going to have times when they make us proud. And there's going to be times when they just flat out annoy us. And some of our husbands are talented enough to accomplish all of these multiple times a day <laughs> or within a span of an hour in a day. But when love enters into a marriage, it's a choice. Love is the choice you make every day, multiple times in a day sometimes. It's the decision to commit to your partner, even during the difficult times. So that means being willing to work through challenges that come up, being able and willing to work on the conflicts and to prioritize your marriage above your individual wants and what you desire and what your goals are. It's when we commit to stick it out when stuff hits the fan, even when our spouses break their commitment. Love in our marriages, love in our homes should be unconditional. 
This means that you and your husband, you love and you accept each other for who you are. You don't expect them to change to meet your own expectations or desires. Our role as wives is not to change. I think it's important for me to say it's not to change our husbands and it's not to control our husbands. And you guys will see days four and five, I believe, yes, we go over the role of a wife and the role of a husband. And I'm really, really, really admonishing you to be obedient to what God reveals to you during those days. Be this unconditional agape love. The love that we see in the Bible, if you studied it in Hebrew, I believe, or the Greek version is agape. That's that God unconditional love. And this is the kind of love that is patient, that's kind, that's forgiving. And our love should really be marked by selflessness, right? Selflessness as in being more concerned with the needs of others and the wishes of others rather than our own. So spouses, that's both us and our husbands, should be willing to put the needs and desires of our spouses above our own. So that means being willing to compromise, being able to make sacrifices for the benefit of our relationship. Our love should also be expressive, right? We should be expressing our love regularly, both in words and in actions. And this means telling your spouse, I love you, right? And not just when you come off of the phone because it's a habit or when they're leaving for work or you're leaving for work. I think sometimes we have that built in, right? That's just like, a okay, I love you. Okay, love you. But beyond that, just random periodically throughout the day, taking the time to say, I'm grateful. I love you. And then showing them through acts of kindness and affection and service. Uh, one of the days, or maybe on seven, on day seven, you guys will see, I'm telling you to take the love languages quiz as well so that you can find out how best your, your spouse receives love. And so we can make sure that we're expressing it into the ways that they actually accept and receive it. Here's a big one when it comes to expressing love. Showing your love to your spouse through physical intimacy. Even when you're tired or frustrated, talking to myself, <laughs> the physical intimacy honestly is an important part. It really is of expressing love in a marriage. And it's really the way that we connect with our spouses emotionally and physically. It's where we become one, literally, <laughs> to our spouse and we demonstrate our love for each other. Now, I know that some of you may be thinking, well, you need to talk to my spouse about this stuff. <laughs> and yes, while it is true that love, you know, in order for love in a marriage to be made perfect, that it takes two. But that also means that it 100% requires you. And so because we cannot make or force our spouses or anyone to do anything, we can do our part and pray to the father, our father above, who has the power to change hearts. And so again, he has called us to live in this agape, unconditional love. So we must do our part and display this kind of love that God has called us to show. And with that, I want to end with the very popular demonstration. No, I definitely have it here. Um, of what God has said and what is stated in 1 Corinthians. And we know this one well, whenever we talk about love, I think it's the first place that people go to. Um, and it is definitely one of the scriptures that we have for tonight. And it is 1 Corinthians 13. Verses one through eight that says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy 
And if I understood all of God's secret plans and I possessed all the knowledge in the world, and if I had faith that could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. We'll see when we get to forgiveness. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I love, oh, nope, let's keep going. One more prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Amen. I want to open up the floor now. If anyone has anything they would like to share. We really have to remember that love is more than anything else an action word. Because we can say we love and we love, but if our actions don't line up to what we say, then we are not, we just as he texted, just making a lot of noise. Because God wants us to love one another. God wants us to love him. He loves us. And what did he do? His love caused him to die on the cross for our sins to save us. So if God made the ultimate sacrifice, the, the, the biggest action there is by to be able to show us that he loved us, that he loves us, we should get into the practice of showing the love to others by doing the different actions and not just seeing it. Because we get so complacent at times, you know, family, spouses, friends, whatever relationships we have, because they expect us to know. We, we, we expect them to know, sorry. But they know I love them, whatever I send for, or they, 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 he knows I love him, he don't expect that type of thing. But it's God, God loves us and every day he gives us the gift of life or he saves us on different things. Every day God shows us in different ways how he loves us. So we should practice patterning after his example by loving using the action every day and every opportunity we get wherever we go now there may be some people that kind of harder to love it because i can imagine jesus knowing what judas was going to do and he still washed his feet right so we have to think of it like that god knew this man was going to betray him god knew and he still kept him there he still washed his feet so we should follow his example and love that difficult coworker, or love that annoying family member, or love whoever is in our path that doesn't always, as we say here, blood do take, right? So we have to make sure that what we do is representative of God because he loves us. So in order for us to show the love that he shows for us, we should show it to others. Amen. Amen. That's a lot to unpack there too, Zara. Thank you so much. He knew, and I don't think sometimes we think about that, you know, because we get hurt and it comes as a shock and surprise. And we're like, oh, I never thought that person would have done it. Like this entire time, Jesus was rolling with his 12 deep and he knew 
that one was going to betray him, but he, he didn't treat him less than he still showed him love. He still, like you said, washed his feet. And so we are called to do the same kind of love and express the same kind of love to others, not just people that are easy to love, because that it's easy to love someone who's easy, who easily lovable, right? But when they're like, they've hurt you, when they're just like, not, is it someone you'd be like, oh, my spirit don't really take to them. Like when, when it's like that, we're still called to love. And something else you said too, that I think is important that we as wives, we, we tend to do this as well assume that like our spouses just know um one of those things who was like yeah well they they know i love them i don't need to tell them they know i'm still here right so they know <laughs> and it's like no love is expressive love is still showing showing and explaining and telling them so that they know they're not mind readers right so even that thing that you've been waiting for your spouse to do he's not a mind reader you got to tell him right you just got to you got to tell him but definitely when it comes to love we should be expressive um, so thank you so much for that, Zara. Anyone else? Um, I just wanted to reiterate, you know, that portion of scripture in in, in Corinthians um, that would tell us all about what um, love is. And I always um, marvel at the word of God that the instructions are so clear and so easy to follow. There's no mix up. You don't have to wonder if love is patient. You know, if you're not being patient, you're not expressing, you're not demonstrating love. You know, acting from a place, a place of love. Love is kind. You know, and we all know kindness and words and deeds. If you're not operating in that, you know, you're not coming from it. So it's easy to check yourself and get back on course. So our God is so amazing. He didn't just leave us and say, love one another as I love you. He gave us instructions and, and where we can follow and examples. Amen. Amen. It is true. I mean, you just check yourself. I mean, but like, did I, did I express love a good way? Did I, I wonder if I said that with an attitude, just read it again, <laughs> read it again. And the Holy Spirit will let you know, as you read it, it's plain, plain as day, um, how we are expected to love. So yes, hundred percent true. Anyone else before we get into prayer? Just one more point. I remember a pastor giving an example to some young couples who were, who were thinking about marriage. And they were saying to um, put the name of the person you are engaged to or you are dating in place of in the verse with, with, with love is patient and love is kind. So instead of saying love, put the person's name and see if it lines up. And if they don't line up, well, then you know what you need to do. Because if it is they can't show the biblical form of love before you all get married, then what do you think would happen afterwards? So that was an eye opener for me. As she said, to line up ourselves to see what we are doing. It's something that can be used throughout as that um that marker for us to remember that this is what we are supposed to be doing. This is how we are supposed to be acting. And if it is we're not doing that, well, then we're not showing the, the, the love that God wants us to show. So that was a good example. As you're talking about marriage and family and all of those things, replace, put your name or put your spouse's name and see where those where that lining up and know what you will have to work on and pray about and all of these things because we we as I said we assume but if it is we don't we actually don't do the action then we would not know when we think of love and what we require from God to love us we are unlovable most times and we are expecting God to see past all of that and bless us and have mercy on us and have grace, you know? So 
think about half the things that we do because sometimes it's easier to see other people's issues and why we shouldn't extend love. But think about yourself at least and think about the things that you promised God you won't do again. <laughs> All the things you're like, God, one more time and I promise. And we still disappoint and we still expect his love. So just the reverse of that. Amen. That is so true. That is so true. If you are watching this later and you want a copy of the guide, you can send an email to pray at the prayingwife.com um, or even support at the prayingwife.com and we'll send it over to you. But yes, that's going to be the challenge for today. As you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, really verses four through eight and replacing your name and remembering as, as even um, Shanae said, we have to remember that we do expect God to love us. When we go through our mess and we say, oh, I'm, you know, sorry. And, and I, and please forgive me because we understand that we are humans. And as humans, we are imperfect beings. And as imperfect beings, we are going to do the same thing. Sometimes that's just not pleasing. That's not showing that we love God, but our desire is to continue to love him. And we want him to forgive us and put us in right standing. And so we should do and extend the same love to others, same love to our friends, same love to our spouses extend the same type of a love that you want to receive from God and that God shows us every single day. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Praying Wife podcast. I do pray that you were blessed by the ladies of our Praying Wife group. I just actually want to invite you. You can tune in or join our sessions. We meet every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The, the time zone is very important. And if you need to know exactly where to go, it's a Zoom session. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook or even on the website and you can get the Zoom info there. We would love to have you join us. But as always, please remember that you are beautiful, you are powerful, you are made in the image of God and you are loved. We will see you again next time.